looking back, he reflections. I'm just, I want to keep it like sh- sweet and like sharp. And I've just written down some stuff as we were thinking, just to like summarize. So three key things was preparation, process, expertise. I think from acquisition standpoint, we were very prepared. Um, I think we had our processes like from the get-go, from all the way down from when we first like issued out the LOI, all the way down to just collecting data, analyzing the data. We will be making more acquisitions next year after hitting some key points, stage gates in LC's stabilization process, right? And for us, I think we've always placed onus on operating with excellence and also with discipline. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband, availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear first-hand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focused on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. Hello there. Today's episode is going to be slightly different um, because you're going to hear me talk a lot. (laughs) Why? Um, Because it's an interview um, I had with my co-founder, Ayodisu, at Octillion, which is our platform company. So we acquire and grow clean food and beverage brands or clean consumer packaged good brands. and um, we, we we do that on Octillion, which which is our platform company. Um, I and I have been working for just over a year now together, well over a year actually, um, coming to a year year and a half together. Um, and this conversation is a reflection on this year, you know, twenty twenty two. We made our first acquisition of a clean food brand called um, Lean Caffeine. It's more than a coffee brand. It's a food supplement brand as well as a clean food supplement brand, as well as um, a, a um, you know, a, a clean coffee brand. It's been an exciting year just, you know, operating that particular, um, you know, business, this particular brand and, and scaling it and actually growing it. You know, it's just different. So, so in this episode, you're going to um, just hear a conversation around um, what the process was like to acquiring, um, you know, this 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 brand. Um, our reflections on 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 the deal, um, and um, also reflections on operating the business thus far. 
and our unique approach on um, on on leaning on people, processes, and systems to to actually run this brand because we are on a mission to 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 acquire and and build a platform company with twenty brands in in there. So it's a lot of work and also a lot of um, lots of just. Um, organization so this is also an organizational efficiency so project um over the next decade so enjoy this episode really really enjoy i always enjoy speaking to Ayo. so um you know um yeah um enjoy this one and i shall catch you on the other side cheers thanks the 2x e-commerce podcast is brought to you by clavio the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and sms messaging whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Clavio gives you the tools to get going faster. That is why it's trusted by over 50,000 e-commerce brands like Brooklinen, Non, and Chubbies. Build your contact list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit clavio.com forward slash 2x to create your free account. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com forward slash 2x. Hey, uh, how's it going? Not too bad, Heath. How are you? I'm pretty good. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty good. People listening to this conversation uh, would probably be... Um, listening to it on on Saturday the thirty first of December, it's, it's scheduled to, to to go live on on that day, final episode of the year. However, we're recording it um, about two weeks earlier. So the last time you were here, okay. So first of all, let me rewind. Let me go back to um, the fact that um, you know, for people who don't know who you are, um, you're my business partner co-founder at Octillion Capital Partners, or just Octillion. Um and you were here was it was it Mar- was it March this year or was it March or May, I think it was yeah, March or May. Early this year. Yeah. 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 So so how are you? How's how's it going? Yeah, all good. It's all good really. Um just busy as as obviously you know. Um but it's been a very interesting year filled with um, a lot of learnings. I would say overall, it's very, it's. I think it's been a very strong year for us in terms of development of the company. I'm guessing also ourselves. Um, a lot of learnings and I'm very excited for 2023 and the future of obviously the company and our companies in the future. So yeah, it's, it's 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 been a great year, and I'm guessing that's what we're here to talk about, right? Looking back, reflecting. Yeah, absolutely. No, I echo your sentiments. Um, huge milestone this year. Um, our last conversation when when you're on the pod, you were we we hadn't made made an acquisition at the at the time, and we were I'd say we were like sixty seventy percent in on our value structure and like our mission at the time. Um, and we doubled down. Um, just to rehash the last time we, we spoke on, you know, three core values. Um, one was sustainability. Um, another was, was just that omni channel footprint and, and another was inclusion. And 
we just felt there was something missing. We hadn't quite dialed in. Do you want to speak to to, to that and in terms of um, what our, what was our mission has evolved to? Yeah, absolutely. So funny enough, I was actually speaking to someone about this this morning, just around like why having a clear criteria is extremely important. But taking that into kind of like what we are doing now um, at Octillion, I think it stemmed from, and usually it's the best place to start is at home, right? They always say. Mm-hmm. And for us, I think when we looked into our own personal lives, um, you from your own health angle, myself from, I would say, my own decision angle in terms of just my philosophy, um, it was evident and also just looking at kind of like trends, right? Micro trends. Mm-hmm. It was evident that we needed to focus on something that was more than just inclusion, sustainability, um, and that omnichannel footprint. I think that is a step a staple really for any kind of like consumer brand. But we essentially said, look, what is the problem that we're trying to solve um, on a macro level? And what we decided on and what we obviously what the research led us to is the food epidemic as well as toxic skincare practices and that has essentially now led us onto the path that we're on now in which a refined i would say mission is that we're looking to acquire clean consumer brands in the food and beverage space and in the beauty space um so clean brands and what that encapsulates is so clean from an ingredient standpoint, meaning that they have um, transparency in the ingredients, natural, organic. Um, from a food standpoint, <clears throat> it means low carb. Um, it means eco. It means um, high protein. And it means just good for you. Um, so that is the refined statement. So essentially we're just looking to acquire and build a clean consumer brand conglomerate, um, on those tenants. So, yeah, I think that is, that is our mission. I don't know if you have any other thing to add onto that as well. Yeah. So, um, just just stepping back to to the diversity and mini channel and sustainability play um i think that's a fundamental dna of any um any impact company um but it would vary right um some inca- impact companies would um you know would, would kind of skew or um over index on say inclusion for instance Others might over-index on sustainability and and be really you know really um, you know detailed about um, their sustainability credentials. But but I think every company um, should should have those three. At least every modern company should have those three tenants because um, for an enterprise that um, you know for an enterprise organization that's pretty much quite um, rigid. Uh, it's it's th- that that added flexibility it takes a, a bit of an effort like an elephant you know trying to sort of move through a um you know pathway or 
a gate, you know, a limited gate. It's it, 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 it's not it's not like the elephant won't, won't be able to go through. It's just you know it will take a bit of effort and orchestration and moving. But we're we're more agile, and um, yeah. So so from a personal perspective, um, you know, cholesterol, um, fighting out fats, just making sure that you know, um, you know, I personally don't don't you know don't put on um, weight. Um, fitness has has been a core in 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 my you know life, um, and you know you could one of the 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 things that that weigh or has weighed me down personally has been diet. You know, um, just education and diet. I've I've endeavoured to to educate myself from a dietary perspective, and. Um, and besides diets, it's it's been um, you know as in fitness, it's been lockdown, you know, and 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 just habits. And what I've come to the realization is, um, a lot of the food choices we're, we're made to think that we have food, we have food choices when we go into the grocery aisles, but we don't. Um, most of the foods we we essentially consume most of the you know mainstream foods we, we consume. We, we've learned to consume foods we we consumed while growing up have been controlled by very few firms that essentially optimize um, their products for repeat purchase. So they want to create habits, which is which is essential, right? And and so um, they they put added ingredients that may or may not be be healthy. Um, or detrimental to the health of um, of, of consumers, and um, you know they 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 get us, you know, buying, you know, the is it, if it's cereal, you know, the ketchup, whatever, you know, over and over again because we're so accustomed to that taste. Um, I, I remember, um, so so I personally, my palate for like um, soda, for like Coca Cola, for instance, um, my palate for Coca Cola is is bland as and I I just I just know when I when I'm drink, I, I just feel it's cooler right but for for my 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 wife um she'll know if it's a it's, it's the normal sugar coca-cola she know with a blind taste she'll know whether it's diet or whether it's coke zero you know and um she has a choice you know she knows what she likes right and you know a lot of consumers you know um you know are, are like that in the sense that they just habitually buy the same old stuff. And for me, um, many, many years ago, having had a health scare, one of the ways to really, one of the ways I really liberated myself was just going on, on a low inflammation, you know, diet, you know, at the time. And and that just changed my life, you know, fitness and, and a low inflammation diet, you know, really, really changed my mind. And so when we saw this target, Right, um, which by the way is called lean caffeine. Um, I'm not sure if we'd we'd over our last conversation we, we were actually you know in talks with the founder. We we, we booked when, when we spoke with the founder and we heard the founder's story. We looked through their portfolio of products from a due diligence standpoint. It really aligned with both our values. It was like a, a you know it was a. It's like a triad where, um, you know, the founder's values, whose whose name is Jamie, your values, my values all just came in. Um, the numbers did make sense, 
Um, and um, yeah, it's, it was it was it was incredible. Do you, do you want to do you, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. I think when we came across, and the funny thing about this is that when you don't have a clear criteria, and this was us going back to what we were doing initially, is that we're looking at different deals, right? Looking at different deals, mm-hmm. looking at different deals, and one that's just not the best use of your time. Um, or mm-hmm. wasn't really the best use of our time because we didn't really follow through on most of those deals and it was just a lot of work and back and forth and mental space effort, real estate. And also, I think the other thing is the framework that you use to assess some of those deals, right? Which for me is like one of the most important things. Because we have this clarity, this focus, now when we're looking at um, new opportunities, we're able to be quicker, because we know this is what we're looking for. This is what we're looking for now. If we see a deal, it's not for us. It's 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 just going out the door. It's going to someone else in our, in, in our network or we're just saying, sorry, it's just not for us. And we're just passing it on. But it's giving us that mental space to more or less like think, refine our, 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 our processes and then pick the right, essentially pick the, pick the winners. And with going back to Linkafine, when we, I don't know if you remember, but we initially came across Linkafine before we actually honed down on our values or on our, on our strategy yeah. and our direction. But at the time, yeah. because we didn't really know what we wanted, we would have missed out on that opportunity. But for me, I think Linkafine was our deal, it was meant for us. Like it was just written in the stars. And when we actually then honed down on our mission, Literally, like we just went back to Atelier, who was the broker on this deal. Um, very good guy from 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 Switzerland, Geneva. Um, and we just went back to him, asked him, "Hey, Atelier, is this is this opportunity still on the market?" He was like, "Yeah." And we obviously had the conversation with Jamie. We spoke to him. We got on. And as you alluded to earlier, Linkafine's mission not only didn't match with obviously our, our personal philosophy, but also it matched with the octillion direction. Like it's our genesis. It's the company that I think we would look back and say, okay, this is where we started. And more or less it will set, it essentially sets us up for, for future potential acquisition of obviously within that space. And it's giving us a working platform um, for obviously for future acquisitions that we're making. So um, yeah, I think it was, I'm, I'm actually in hindsight, if you think about it, it's actually, it's actually very good that we didn't first find a criteria or first find, um, first hone down on a criteria, right? Because I think it, it comes through re- reiteration and refinement as opposed to like just finding it, um, in that one goal, it doesn't happen that way. It's too perfect. Um, yeah. I think with this. We've taken our scars, but those scars, they're meaningful, meaning that in yeah. the future, we know exactly kind of where we want to play. And yeah, Linkafine is, I think, was a or is a fantastic start for us. And we're looking for 20 more Linkafines, obviously, at different stages, but still under, underpinning those core values of clean, healthy, good for you, more or less. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, and just to 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 clarify, um, along with the mission, where you know when when I said um, or you know when you said that um, 
essentially that we're we're conglomerate. Um, we were. I I I really like how specific you were and how persistent the statement is from the get go, which was like we're not Amazon aggregators. Mm. You'd always said it, but initially I just brushed it up. Of course we're not. You know, I, I thought no, we're not. But with the clarity um, of you know the focus on ethical, clean brands that are, you know, um, that we can ingest or apply on our skins and ingest into our bodies or apply on our, on our bodies. Um, it has given us, so it, it just sets us up to be, you know, conglomerate in the sense that, um, we're looking to acquire 20, 20 e-commerce first food and beverage, clean skincare brands. Um, over the next decade, you know, and operate them to to substantial sizes, you know, portfolio, um, and, and just that clarity is is really, really, really important in terms of like you know um, the Amazon aggregator model um, not being that. Okay, so for listeners, I would like you to sort of break down your key learnings from the acquisition journey from like acquiring this company. Um, but before you do that, I, I just want to make a point um, that I remember when we were speaking to a potential investor and um, he was like, you know, wh- what are you, fu- what are you, fu- his, his summary essentially, this is not his, these are no exact words. We're like, what are you guys fighting? You know, what are you fighting for? You know, what are you what are you solving what, what what problem are you solving what what are you solving what what impact are you essentially making and it really really took us back into you know the the drawing board to 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 really reflect and and hence um that sort of paved a way um and, and I do see octillion as a as an impact mission driven company we're not about survival it's just not about making money. Um, money will come. It's the change we're making that will create new value um, that will be rewarded long term. So, just going back to the reflecting on the entire process from speaking to Attila, having conversations with Jamie. We 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 had our you know financial criteria. They, it it passed with flying colors in terms of the you know financial due diligence metrics. And and then we started to look at other things, you know, other things in their stack. Do you want to speak to 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 the other aspects we 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 looked at, and just a reflection on 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 um yeah on, on key moments of over the the acquisition process? Yeah, um, it's yeah, it's a fantastic point, and I could not agree more with you on just what we. Who we are at Octillion, essentially, I completely agree with you. You create value, money will come. Um, for me, I think looking back, key reflections. I've just I want to keep it like sweet and like sharp, and I've just written down some stuff as we were thinking, just to like summarize. So, three key things was preparation, process, expertise. Preparation is the first thing I want to talk about. I think from an acquisition standpoint, we were very prepared. Um, 
I think we had our processes like from the get go, from all the way down from um, when we first like issued out the LOI, all the way down to just collecting data, analyzing the data. It was it was fairly prepared. We we had those I would say those systems set up before we needed them. I think, and then the second thing is expertise. I remember when I was actually out of the office and then you sent me a voice note saying, hey, I am on the diligence of, of LC moving into the Amazon Seller Central, but Amazon um, yeah, Seller Central, and we need to bring in an expert to give us visibility. And then we brought in an expert, right? And he gave us a lot of visibility. He gave us a lot of learnings that we then took documented it down, wrote it down, thought about it, and then derived questions for, obviously, Jamie. And also with the other partners that that that, that were on this deal with us from a financing perspective, also from an operational perspective, you can see they appreciated that level of thoroughness. And it's the same thing I was speaking to somebody about this morning, just around, like, there's some things that you can do yourself, but doesn't necessarily mean you should do them yourself. And that's where the expertise comes in. The fact that we brought in this person to really give us this picture of what this business is. And he gave us an unbiased opinion because even in your, in your diligence, you could, you can, there's a chance for a little bit of bias to slip in because you want it to go through. Right. Um, So expertise. So I think we're very prepared and it's good to be prepared. We've taken a lot of lessons from our first acquisition because it was, I think it was very smooth, but our next one will be even smoother. Touch wood. Um, Expertise, Mm -hmm. outsourcing, and just the capabilities, like what we're looking for, because we didn't just bring on anyone. We brought in someone that we felt we could mold and work with long-term. And that's all where we're, we're always optimizing for long-term partnerships with key relevant players. Final part was on um, processes. I think if I'm, maybe now I'm speaking to, to more of a post-acquisition um, um, outlook, but with obviously what, what we've done, one is obviously the, the, the introduction and the, the um, what's it called it? Yeah, the introduction of an acquisition integration specialist that has helped us like extract essentially the business from Jamie's head into a document, a working document that we have visibility over, and then we can actually use to now make informed decisions on current processes that are obviously working, that are not working, and then future processes. Um, and I think that is a game changer. Um, I don't know, but for me, especially just having that that oversight of the business, how it's working, how obviously all these nuts and bolts come into play. And yeah. it's just giving us, I think, a very good starting point to implement our growth plans. And yeah. I think those for me are the three key things. So being prepared having experts in the right area and just establishing Mm -hmm. processes. One from obviously knowing what processes are in place already and then using that as a stepping stone Mm -hmm. to implement new processes that obviously take the company from where it is now to where we want it to be in the future. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so really um, having that plan in place, um, you know, mapping out the the journey and actually t- taking that journey with the right people, you know, there. So people, processes, systems, it's, it's something we've talked about. Um, I think the the first book or I gifted you was the E-Myth. The E-Myth. You've devoured it over and over again. Um, you know, and it's it's down to people, processes, and um, you know, pe- people, people, processes, people and processes, and and systems essentially. Um, my next book, my next sort of mind blowing book is the you know is is um, is the Who mm. Not the How by Dan Dan mm. Sullivan, another great book, um, and, and that touches on the people the expertise piece you, you, you're talking to. And um, a lot of the time we're consumed by ego, you know, um, particularly, at least personally speaking, from a consultant standpoint, you're paid to be, to be the smartest person in the room. And if you're not, you know, you've not been in the room for a long time. That's how, that's a world of consultancy because you lose your value. Your value is your knowledge, right? As a consultancy. As a consultant, rather, or a consultancy or an agency, you know, what you bring to the table. And, you know, if you're charged with execution, if it goes wrong a few times, it might be okay, depending on the culture of the company. But um, if it keeps going wrong, you'll be out. So um, transitioning from that consultancy mindset to a leader, you know, um, whereby you have teams, you, you have, you know, people you have departments, you have systems, you have people you trust, you have to learn to trust. And even, I was just listening to something on, um, he's the founder of um, a company called GoFit or LiveFit. Um, they're based out in California. And he was like, look, um, when I started my business, this, this business about 20 or so, $30 million in revenue, profitable and all. It's an apparel business. It's like, look, man, I used to give 100, 100% in everything. And he realized that um, as the company is scaling, he needs to hire people who cannot give 100%. Even if they give 70%, it's better than him stretching himself 100% and having nothing left. And it's like, if you scale the 70% across the board, then you're building out a system. You know, you're building out, you know, a, you know, a, you know, a scalable system, essentially. But, but I digress. So I, I, I do, do definitely agree with you, you know, on, on, on that point, um, on, on the people piece, or, you know, on the processes and on, on the acquisition, you know, the process acquisition, the, the, the process extraction experts we, we, we brought on board. And just, you know, the business as it is, is sellable because should anybody come in to the business, we know our numbers. We, you know, not to say that we're selling, oh, yeah. <laughs> we're not for sale, <laughs> not, not anytime soon, but, but it's, we're ready. As you said, it goes back to your point on, um, you know, being prepared. Um, and we should always be in that mode, you know, preparation mode, preparation mode, you know, always there, always ready. And, um, you know, you're a process guy. You're very, very, um, um, you know, diligent, you're very process oriented. Um, and you take your time to really observe your listener. Which, which is, which is just phenomenal. But yes, um, I recall your point on, you know, me looking at Amazon Central, you know, Seller Central, and saying, you know, it's, um, I'm probably not the, the best person. But, but we, but, you know, I think the, the key superpowers you and I have, is the ab- ability to ask questions like, 
the you know questions, the right questions. What, what do you think? Yeah, no, you I, to I that? think before I even answer that question, it goes back. What, what you just said is you're talking about ego, right? Um, and just I'm guessing like managing your ego, or at least being aware of the ego, right? And I think one mm-hmm. thing here is that we leave we leave ego at the door. Like it's not about your ego right right now. I think, especially in our roles as as it's growing, we're servants, servants to our people, servants mm-hmm. to our customers, servants to our stakeholders. But the point that you just made now, I think, is a fantastic point. On you realize I'm probably not the best guy for this, but you didn't let your ego get in the way to say, okay, look, well, I think I'm pretty smart and I can figure it out. Because I think you saw the bigger picture, right? You're like, look, if you want to do this properly, we need to bring in someone that can like at least do a lot of the like the technical bits. And then you then come in, ask the right questions and use the data that you've gotten to obviously make informed decisions, right? So I think that's an excellent point. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're even just like aware of that is is I think it's obviously why we why we partner well together, because yeah, it's very rare. So um, yeah, but to your point on like questions, absolutely. I think that's something that you, 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 you do very, very well, which is like, you're able to digest a lot of information. Right. And I think it's come from the most unassuming place, which is actually your podcast, because you ask questions mm-hmm. on your podcast with your guests. You're not you're obviously the interviewer. So I'm guessing for your podcast preparation, like it's, I'm going to do a little bit of research on this guy, but it's probing, it's probing, it's probing, it's probing, it's probing. And I completely agree with you. If you don't ask the right questions, how are you going to find essentially like the right information that would then allow you to make the right decision? Because there are different layers of questions, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say, of like, yeah, I can ask a very basic question and get a very basic answer to make a very basic decision. But if I ask a top-level question mm-hmm. that gives me top-level information, I can make a top-level decision, hopefully. But I completely agree mm-hmm. with you in that respect, for sure. Interesting. Super, super interesting. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. The subscription market is predicted to grow to nearly $500 billion by 2025. As a fast-growing area in commerce, subscriptions hold tremendous opportunities to build a community of customers who share your values. Recharge is the leading subscription management solution helping e-commerce merchants of all sizes launch and scale subscription offerings. Recharge powers the growth of over 15,000 subscription merchants and their communities, turning one-time transactions into long-term customer relationships. Whether you're a direct-to-consumer business or an omni-channel brand, subscriptions strengthen the brand relationships with your customers and make it easy for customers to make repeat purchases. With subscriptions, merchants are able to experience predictable revenue, increased customer loyalty, and higher average order values. Turn transactions into relationships and experience seamless subscription commerce with Recharge. Get started today with a subscription payment solution trusted by over 50 million subscribers worldwide by heading over to rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x. That is rechargepayments.com forward slash 2x.
did you know that loyal customers are nine times more likely to convert compared to a first-time shopper? That's why exceptional customer service is so important for your retention and growth. I recommend using Gorgeous, the leading help desk for Shopify, Magento, and big commerce merchants. Gorgeous combines all your communication channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform. This saves your team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It also integrates seamlessly with your existing tech stack so you can access customer information and even edit, return, refund, or create an order right from your help desk. To learn more, go to gorgeous.com. That's G-O-R. GIAS.com and mention 2x e-commerce podcast for two months free. That is gorgeous.com for two months free. Just mention 2x e-commerce. Yeah, I think I've definitely changed. Um, you know, so we've been operating this business since about September 2000 and um, this year, September this year, 2022. If you're listening to this in 2023, since September 2020, we closed the deal. Um, and I think we'll talk about that shortly. Where, where, but, but do you want to break down the structure of the deal, um, top level structure? I think we there was a press press release, you know, announcement where where we broke the structure. Um, we were on on the private equity um, yeah, magazine sure. called the deal, um, where we made the announcement. Do Do you want to sort of break break that down? Yeah, sure. M&A? I will. I will break okay. it down. Not obviously going into too much detail. Um, but more or less yeah. how it worked was that we did an equity, well, we did an asset purchase, well, actually we did a share purchase agreement. So we bought the entire company, um, and, uh, it's a UK based business. So we have like an agreement, like a, like a share purchase agreement, SPA, mm-hmm. um, as we refer to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and within that really, it was, um, an upfront payment to Jamie for, I believe, around uh, 55%, um, in which mm-hmm. we obviously paid him after close of the deal um, so that he obviously got some capital in his pockets and extracted some value out of the company, um, which was financed a bit from, um, obviously, um, our, our, our investors slash lenders, uh, Bopos, um, a bit mm-hmm. of equity finance as well. Um, and the remaining is via an earnout. Um, so Jamie is on an earnout mm-hmm. for us for at least the next, uh, I think, twenty-eight to thirty-two months. Um, which mm-hmm. I think for me is it like any like any deal we do, we'll just have that earnout, that set of, like a little bit of set of financing to ensure that the seller is aligned with us, and um. Mm-hmm. We've structured it in a way in which um, we're not actually having, we don't have any interest payments on 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 the seller note. Um, it's just a straight, mm-hmm. um, what's it called, um, payment schedule payment on schedule. specific dates. Um, so mm-hmm. that, in in essence, is just a top level of the deal structure. Um, it will vary deal by deal, mm-hmm. I'm guessing, for future acquisitions. But yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, and um, the the nice thing about this was it didn't have facilities, although it's in our roadmap for us to obviously own our facilities. Um, 
it was, it was great, great business. Um, and it, it, it is still, um, you know, growing in, in all of the, the mess at a macroeconomic level, you know, with, with the inflation, you know, with, with, with inflation and, and the state of, the, of, you know, the economy in, in Britain in particular, um, it is still, you know, growing with, with, with those, um, you know, headwinds essentially. And, and, um, that's because, um, the, um, the portfolio of products or, or better still the, the offering, the product offering of, of the business essentially, um, serves a very, very meaningful, um, purpose and function in the lives of its customer base. Right. Um, they buy it for a purpose, you know, and, and this is, this is, it's, it's, it's more, more or less, um, yeah, amazing, amazing. So I wanted to reflect on, you know, like my um just my perspective as a consultant versus um um you know uh, an an operator now. Um just wanted to reflect on that. And I would say um I am listening more. Um, I'm listening more, a lot more, um, and I'm I'm more patient. Um, I'm having to, I've had to understand myself a lot more, so I can understand people. I don't think you can understand people until you understand yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing I've really started to um, hone in on is just meditation as in I meditate a minimum of 30 minutes a day. You know, um, I can meditate for 45 minutes straight. I could even do an hour. I haven't tried an hour yet. I've tried 45 minutes and it was a breeze. I didn't want it to even stop. Um, but on a daily basis, obviously due to my commitment, I'm a family man. You know, we have, um, you know, three kids, we're a family of five. I, put a minimum of 30 minutes. Um, sometimes I would do, you know, 30 minutes before sleep and 30 minutes mm-hmm. upon wake. And just being in the company of yourself reveals so much to you. I've done it without fail for at least the last 90 days, right? And uh, the one I do not miss is the morning one, right? Um, and, and so that's given me perspective. It's probably made me, um, just quieter, um, to listen. I think as an operator, you, you should really listen that that's been my key, um, you know, takeaway being patient and, 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 and that delegation piece, um, and trust in, in people, you know, competent to take on your take off the burden on you just imagine with the output we we have on like you know process mapping of the entire business just imagine if you tried to do it yourself or i tried to to take a stab at it you know how lackluster you know it, it would be because we're not specialists right um so so it's it's been incredible just obviously everything is down to your resources um, as to, you know, um, at, at certain points in time, you, you may be able to, 
um, you know, afford certain experts. And further, as you you evolve, you know, um, the game will change with the ecosystem around you. But how do you maximize? The question I keep asking myself is how do you maximize the resources around you and empower them to, so they feel valued? Um, yeah, and um, yeah, th- th- those are my reflections, you know, at the operator standpoint. And for me also, um, it's about the the data. So the people are so important and understanding the people, that's the more fluid, um, you know, left brain side um, of, of operations. But, but there's also like the numbers, you know, like just seeing patterns and understanding, okay, um, what SKUs need a variation, for instance, or, you know, what new, what's our product, lo- you know, roadmap going to look like, product launch roadmap going to look like, or, um, you know, um, why is this just peaked? Was, does it, is there any trend? So there's a lot of sort of pattern, you, you're just looking at data and patterns so you can essentially drive or, you know, ask more probing questions or, or make key decisions or, um, you know, um, or give key instructions to move it in the direction you need. It's it's like a dial, right? Like a dashboard in, in, in a car or a dashboard on a boat or an airplane, you know, the, it gives you, you need, you need it. You can't just fly blind, right? Or, or drive yeah. blind. Yeah. Yeah. No, Thoughts. super, super interesting. Um, and yeah, very interesting on the meditation pit, like on the meditation bit. Like I've heard a lot of people obviously talk about meditation, how they use it. Um, and yeah, it always seems to have like a very good impact, right? Um, on your mind on, I think right, meditation is just a lot about like regulation, right? Like regulating your body, regulating your mind, regulating your thoughts. Um, I don't, I don't meditate. I'm more of a journal man. Um, as you obviously, you know, my philosophy about stoicism and all of that, which, which I think Mm -hmm. is just like a fantastic tool for like self mastery, developing like perseverance and essentially like a tool that you can use to live a great life as opposed to like some esoteric field of academic inquiry. Like it's one of the reasons why I like stoicism and I think it's really helping me here is just because stoicism is for doers. I think both of us are doers. Like, yeah, we'll talk, we'll strategize, but after we have, we have our call, there is execution. And that's where the beauty, that's where the art actually happens in the execution. Um, for me, big takeaways on obviously now being like, will I say leader or at least like in maybe a leadership position is more around like problem solving and also like developing my mind. Um, I think for me, those two things are just like critical, like absolutely critical. Um, um, problem solving just because of everything that happens um, on a day-to-day basis, just knowing. And I think also the two go in, the two go in kind of like in, in sync in that if I develop my mind, I'm able to solve problems maybe quicker, maybe better. And also like, I'm not doing it by myself. I'm obviously, I have, I, I'm, I'm, I'm working collaboratively with you and all the guys that, that are in our system. But just that piece and how I'm just doing that is for me, like, 
I'm like I'm reading stuff like how to think like a Roman emperor. Like Marcus Aurelius for me is just a fantastic case study with all the responsibilities that he had. I don't have kids yet, but I can imagine what that would mean because you have like obviously your responsibilities from a business standpoint, so you have responsibilities from a family standpoint, and you're solving problems on both of those spectrums. Um, but for me, it's more or less like how can I develop my mind to 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 make sure that I'm 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 ahead of the curve so that if if the team asks me, oh, how do we do this? How do we do this? There's a solution, right? Because again, like a lot of the confidence mm-hmm. from our team will come from us. It will come from our ability to solve problems. It will come from our abilities to react appropriately to the situation. If, for example, we're like in a large meeting and like everyone is stressed and we're stressed as well, it's like imagine if you're on a plane and then you you hear the pilot saying, "Oh my god, oh my god, what are we going to do?" <laughs> you as a passenger, what to, mm-hmm. what do you think you're going to do? You're going to react the same way, if not worse. So it's really mm-hmm. just about that development of my mind, and for me, how I'm doing that is really just around that. Um, my journaling, my, 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 my stoicism, I've been through a lot of my life, so I think I can deal with a lot of things, but again, like, um, that's no excuse, right, for just, like, letting your mind be idle, um, I think you just have to constantly work on it, and yeah, the, the main point is just around, like, problem solving, I think you're, you're a really good problem solver, um, which I'm learning from, um, just how to, like, come up with 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 interesting solutions to 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 problems that we face and yeah i think again if this is like one out of 20 right imagine when we have like 5 10 15 20 businesses like yeah if our mind isn't really at that optimum level and again like i'm not saying oh you need to be the smartest person in the room actually probably shouldn't we should be I'd say a very good judge of character, judge of people to obviously bring those guys into the room that believe in our vision. But we just need to, at least I need to um, constantly just develop my mind so that I can solve problems that we have. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that that for me is just like one of my biggest, let's say, learning points, plus also like points for improvement moving moving, mm-hmm. moving forward. Super interesting the point you make about like a nervous um you know leader and you know that just is not really a vote of confidence you know to to the passengers you know if if you're using the analogy of um a an airplane you know and I can tell you as a parent um if a child a baby right so I'm talking like a toddler if a one year old or a two year old sees you're losing control in their engagement let's say they're throwing a tantrum. Mm-hmm. you lose you're losing there and um you're actually losing points you know on your ability to to influence because you you don't control the child you influence the child to make decisions you 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 actually lose you you lose that battle but you you know if you don't take care if, if that continues as a cycle where you get overwhelmed by you know their um you said deregulation i like the word when you talk about meditation is regulation their deregulation um what then happens is you you know um the child picks up on that and then they're in control Mm. Mm. 
And if they're in control of that relationship, um, then, you know, all sorts of behavioral, you know, um, you know, challenges start to come to play because mm. you can't regulate them, right? So that stability, mental stability, being calm, um, you know, still showing consequences in a calm way, you know, if, if, if that happens, these are the consequences, um, being positive, you know, so if like, um, you know, a child throws a tantrum and actually, you know, they, they're expecting a particular mm-hmm. response from you and um, you spin it on its head and you, you show the, the bright side of it or you, you, you change it to something else, you know, it excites them, it surprises them, it's a switch, it's, it's just, a, mm-hmm. it's reflexive, you take control. You take control, and it, you know it's, it's 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 super important. It's it's super important, and I really like that point about stability. I think along with meditation, you know, I've taken a, a leaf off your your book on journaling. Um, I've just started, you know, to to journal in the past for the past nice. for most of this month. Every every day of this month, I I you know I I, I write my thoughts. Actually, I've, right after my meditation in the morning. Um, started out with, um, you know, my, my thoughts on gratitude. So I, I just train my brain to be grateful, you know, uh, figure out, you know, what should I be grateful for? And I, I know if I struggle with the, with, with that, um, you know, um, with, with those statements, then I know my mind was not necessarily that fine as in my readiness for the day mentally, um, you know, would have been worse. Um, if I didn't really, you know, recalibrate to, 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 to look at, you know, the things that I should be, you know, grateful for. Um, and then, you know, just physical activity is really, really good. So, um, this, you know, is quite, um, um, you know, um, as, as we wrap up, um, not just this episode, but this year, this, this, this being the final episode on, on the pod, um, what what's what do you think is the outlook for 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 twenty twenty three um from a, an octillion perspective from from our perspective um uh, you know um how many more acquisitions do you think will will make this year um is this a year of stability stabilizing linkafine um you know what what, what how how big this is big, the right word, you know, how, how far will we go in, in 2023? I think if you look at it like now, right, you have what you have, um, volatile equity markets, you have essentially rising interest rates, you have, um, economic uncertainty in the markets that the aggregators play in. I think, like M&A activity has reduced by like 10 to 15% compared from like last year, right? And then mm-hmm. <laughs> you then have a situation in which you have like lower equity valuations. That's now giving more or less um, buyers lower purchasing power. Plus also with the higher cost of financing, it's making acquisitions more expensive. I've just said all bike bad stuff, right? <laughs> But with that being said, mm-hmm. I'm still bullish. I think we are still bullish. I think we are looking to make more acquisitions next year. 
we will be making more acquisitions next year after hitting some key points, stage gates in LC's stabilization process, right? And for us, I think we've always placed onus on operating with excellence and also with discipline. And with that being said, um, I believe it's just down to, okay, how aggressive do we want to go? We've almost done two deals before the end of this year, but we had to pull the plug because they did not make sense financially. Um, not from a financing standpoint, but really just from a, from a seller, um, I would say seller um, expectation standpoint. Um, they weren't aligned with the markets, essentially. If you remember the, the multiples they were asking for. But as you rightly said within mm-hmm. that period, you have to understand the psychology at that time to say, is this what my business is worth after my life's work? Again, I understand, but that's not how we how we cannot we can't afford to operate in that in that in that realm of emotional um I would say emotional um investments more or less. Because this is a business at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But I'm very, very optimistic on the market. I think it's a fantastic time to do acquisitions. I think we're seeing more and more interesting companies, at least brands, come to life. Um and even just 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 today, I saw very interesting opportunity. Don't know whether it's for sale, but it would be a fantastic um, addition to our portfolio. And yeah, I, I think for me, I'm really looking forward to 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 what we do next year. Um, one from obviously like a lean caffeine standpoint, working on something very interesting from a from a rebranding standpoint for 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 LC. And once that is done, I think people will get to understand the octillion blueprint um, because that will serve as kind of like a, oh, this is more or less like our signature and it's just the first one. So, yeah, I'm bullish. I'm looking forward to 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 all that we have to do. I think for me, I, like, I've, like I've told you severally, is I want to build a stellar team, mate. Like I want to build like the Chicago Bulls for – octillion for a marketplace company like i just want again doesn't need to they, they don't even need to be superstars but i think or they don't need to be extraordinary just they just need to be ordinary people that can do extraordinary things and that believe in our vision that want to work with us um and they're ready to like actually put in the work absolutely absolutely i 100 percent, you know um agree and aligned with you um I, I do think that um there's there's always this fluidity, you know. Um back in, you know, April, May when we we were on the pod, um we were, you know, we we had our, our our playbook. Our playbook is our playbook. And um, you know, the 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 markets um, you know, said something, you know, gave us feedback. Um, we self-reflected and we navigated to where we are now. Um, we do have our plan. You know, we're we're looking at you know um, twenty brands. We'll acquire, you know, um, a few more brands. You know, um, in twenty twenty three. But you know, you you never can tell. What if one of the brands is a hundred million? You know, um, you know, dollar 
company, you know, that would, <laughs> would we still need 20. <laughs> I, I, so thoughts, right? So, you know, um, what if Link Caffeine is our platform company and all we're doing is just, you know, buying supply chains from other brands, right? Because we're trying to chunk it up and, you know, make it a singular sort of company. Who knows? We, we don't know. But the one thing we, we want to do mm-hmm. is not stay stagnant. Um, we don't want to, um, neither do we want to go into a state of entropy. We're not, um, we're not contracting. We want to, to expand. Um, so our next conversation will be better. We'll be in a better place than now, um, because of what we're doing. Where this is not left to all oh, Touchwood or Lock or stuff like that. It's because of how we turn up on a daily basis, how we're approaching this. There's a confidence that um, this will be much bigger than what it is now from the impact it is making, you know, um, to, to the base, we will continue to create value. That's, that's our remit as, you know, um, as co-founders for, for what we're doing at Octillion and, and, you know, that's, 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 those, that's are, those are my five yeah, cents. I better. Um, yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was looking for like a rap lyric just to like edit off, but I can't actually think of one. I was thinking of like some Pete Rock stuff, but it doesn't actually, it doesn't actually um, align with this conversation. But yeah, nice one. I agree. <laughs> amazing, amazing, amazing stuff, partner. So um, yeah, thanks for everybody listening. If you don't know about our brands, Head over to octillioncapitalpartners.com. I will link to it in the show notes. We'll be having more in-depth conversations in 2023 and also in-person events if you're in London. Um, what more can I say? Um, catch Ayo on, on LinkedIn. Just just type out Ayo Disu, A-Y-O space D-I-S-U. You find him. Um, you'll also find him on Instagram, yeah, even so though his Instagram is still on private. Uh, <laughs> it's not a pirate okay you've gone public, public now, now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so he, he's an active man also on, on Instagram so we'll, we'll link to, to his socials on, on here um, and if you want to have a conversation to, to find out more about what we're doing at you know Octelian, um our mission and if, if the mission really aligns with you let us know we just want to have conversations right so, so reach out to, to either of us Everybody have a fantastic new year ahead. You know, um, hope 2022 was great. However challenging it was, wish you a, a much better 2023, regardless of how 2022 Cheers. panned Thank out. You. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind just search for 2x e-commerce on facebook to find it answer three questions and you'll be approved grab the show notes of this episode on our website 2xecommerce.com finally if you haven't already give the show a review on your podcasting app catch you on the next show and keep growing